used my first name instead of my last. For that was the way I was, or thought I was, before Lon came. An open person. A flexible person. Had I not been voted most sympathetic to others in high school? Carnegie. Our very own Blondie had in her day held the Kleenex for the homecoming queen. But whatever... Gabriella minded the blondie bit far more than she minded being called herself a nut, she being the first to admit that she had gone back to the earth two or three times, maybe more, also that she had spent years finding herself without much progress. At least you have your family, Gabriella used to say, thumbing through the personals. She circled possibles in pink. Her red hair looped out the back of her baseball cap. At least I had my family. I was forty-five when Gabriella last said that. Carnegie was thirty-nine. It was nineteen ninety-nine. We lived in a nice town with good schools outside of Boston. A town with an easy driving distance, as we like to say, of both city and ocean. At least I had my family. Every happy family has its innocence. I suppose, looking back, this was ours. Back then, our bird feeder was the most popular in town. In the snow, we could have a hundred birds or more. But squirrels came too sometimes, more and more squirrels as the years went on. I fixed a tin pie plate to the top of the pole from which the feeder hung, I greased the pole itself. Yet still the hungry birds huddled in the bushes some days, too many days, twittering. Clumps of snow pitched themselves from the branches as the birds refined their positions. In contrast, the squirrels leapt at the feeder from the trees, often from two or three directions at once. They gyrated mid-air, hurtling, twisting, flailing, only to plummet mid-flight to the ground. It was only every so often that one would make it to the seed, tail twitching. But then how the feeder would shudder and swing, seed flying in black sheets onto the white snow. Squirrel will triumph, said Carnegie, observing this. It's only natural. But the seeds, surprisingly, sprouted in the spring. And wasn't that natural, too? I had assumed the seeds sterile. They ought to have been sterile. One day I noticed in the grass, though, a rosetta of sunflower seedlings, each topped with a little leaf bow tie, which were almost immediately no longer seedlings, which were daily, miraculously, larger and larger, until there they loomed, modestly huge-headed, fantastic, with a rightness, I wanted to call beauty. It was these that I saw when I sat up in bed, the early fall day that Lon came to us. Our house was an old house, with enormously wide floorboards and, between them, correspondingly wide cracks. I towed one of these and felt, for all our housekeeping, graininess. The children thumped hollering down the stairs, Carnegie called for reinforcements, meaning me. Still, 
For a half second more, I enjoyed my flowers. In one way, they were all wrong. A sudden haphazard clump in the middle of the yard. And yet how I drank them in, through the window screen and the sunlit fog, that awkward glory. So crowded, disorderly, addled. They looked as if they'd dropped their contact lenses, every one of them, and all at the same time. These were the homely, brown-faced kind of sunflowers, some twelve feet tall, single-stalked, scraggly-leaved. Their huge heads knocked into one another. How strange they were. That bird feeder still nestled among their knees, like something they might trip on. And yet how authentic, somehow. How blissfully undeterred, full of the triumph of having become, from the seed of themselves, themselves. Would this Lon? Her name was Lon, meaning orchid. Like them? Back when I was a sophomore in college, I spent a summer in Hong Kong studying Mandarin. A summer was not a long time. Still, I did learn a little about how the Chinese in general prized the cultured, the cultivated. These sunflowers, meanwhile, were anything but. Of course, mainlanders were different than Hong Kongers. The younger generations were different than the older. The less educated were different than the more. Taoists were different. Lan herself could be different. In this family, we do not generalize, my mother would say. In this family, we keep an open mind. Still, in my heart of hearts, I wished that this Lan would never come to behold them at all. I wish not to have to explain their beauty. Now, I believed, please understand, in openness, in the importance of cultural exchange, especially what with globalization and what not. My family had always hosted exchange students, and whatever the circumstances under which this lawn came, she was, after all, a relative of Carnegie's. Family. Yet if I could add a word to our language, it would be a word for this. The peace a grown woman feels on the days, the rare days, when she needs to consider no view but her own. Wendy Dad has the windshield wipers on, but like no one can see on account of the fog. How can the plane even land, says Lizzie, but Dad says there are special instruments. No one has to be able to see anything. It's like jumping, he says. Can't we land on the floor with our eyes closed? A plane doesn't have feet like ours, says Lizzie. That's reassuring, but not true. Oh, really, says Dad. And where did you learn that? Some things you know yourself if you're smart enough to realize it, she says. What's reassuring, I say. Oh, use your brain, says Lizzie. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, choo, says Bailey. Baby Bailey is so little he still has this mirror in front of him in the car. Now he sneezes at the baby in the mirror again. Ah, 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 choo! And laughs and laughs, loving himself so much that he drools. Dad says he's like Narcissus, making his own pool, but then doesn't tell us what that means. 
In the fullness of time, you will get my jokes, he says. In the fullness of time. Maybe it will lift, Mom says. Let's hope for the best. Maybe it will lift, says Lizzie, imitating her. Let's hope. Elizabeth Bailey Wong, says Dad. Stop now. He twists his head clear around like an owl, practically, so he can see how his neck skin always wrinkles in a kind of spiral when he does that. Dad's parents were Chinese Chinese, like from China, so he has the same kind of skin as me and Lizzie, soft, smooth, like a hill of snow nobody's walked on, only kind of tea-colored in the summer, and creased like in a couple of places. It makes you realize that every time he turns around, he does the exact same thing, over and over. But he keeps on doing it anyway, just like Lizzie keeps on being Lizzie. If she didn't, we'd probably all float up to the ceiling with happiness and bang our heads. Maybe it will lift, says Lizzie one more time in her imitation mom voice and then says in her regular voice, When I grow up, will I also spout inanities out of nowhere? No answer. And what if we don't like her, says Lizzie? Can we send her back to China? Can we send her back to China, sighs Mom. Lizzie is wearing a nose ring and earrings and henna tattoos in the shape of snakes. Thank God the tattoos at least wash off, and that short, short blonde hair will grow out too, Mom says. But of course not in front of Lizzie, because she completely knows what Lizzie will say back. Namely...